You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Star Wars, this is Star Wars. Oh my dad, oh goodness. Star Wars, this is Star Wars. That's my Star Wars song. Thank you, everyone, and good night. That's <laughs> <laughs> like... That was unexpected. You didn't warn me that you were going to sing. Oh, I wouldn't call it singing. <laughs> Neither would I. Sorry. I'll put some uh, auto-tune on it in, in post. What has inspired you to sing a Star Wars song? By all means, tell us. Um, whenever I see a Star Wars movie <laughs> and that music bursts in, I, in my mind, those lyrics are the actual lyrics to that song. Really? Well, it isn't a song. Piece of music. And your okay, your lyrics to that song are about as original as your <laughs> testing words that you use when you're trying to test the audio, which makes me want to come over there and implant different words in your brain. Maybe I should use the Star Wars song every was week. Was this then. the before the after the show discussion? No, it was just all Star Wars, which is why we don't really have any other thing to offer. We didn't talk <laughs> anything about Star Wars, did we? Oh yeah, we were talking did. all about it a little bit. It's like it's so much in your brain that you can't see that it's the only thing you talked about the whole time. Star Wars. Yeah. You love it. That's fine. You're in love with it. Um, yeah, and it's not a new thing. I've pretty much been in love with it since 1977, <laughs> which makes me very old. So, it is Saturday, March the 24th. This is After the Show, your weekly movie, repo- weekly movie review podcast. Movie re- podcast. That's good. Um, this is number 523, and the movie we're looking at this week is Star Wars The Last Jedi. It's a 2017 movie. Releases on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, March the 27th. So you can pick this one up for Easter gifts, put it inside an Easter egg, and give it to people you love. It's rated PG at 13. PG at 13, is that a thing? PG 13. And it's from our friends at Disney and Lucasfilm, who sent us a copy for review and Sid don't talk, even don't even finish that. I sentence. <laughs> will give you the synopsis of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. It is the second in the I think they're calling it the Skywalker saga, but that's not right. But anyway, it's the follow-up to the Force Awakens, and um, there's stars and there's wars. Okay, so your synopsis is just about as crappy as mine. I'm feeling much better about that. Well, I didn't want to. Um, there's not really a lot you can say about Star Wars. There's never a lot you can say about most movies. When people I could, I could go into more depth. I could say, it is the uh, story of uh, young... No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> we'll move on. Well, you'll, you'll be telling that when we get into the plot. All right, so, Star Wars The Last Jedi. We saw it theatrically in December, because it's Star Wars. And uh, there it's is a, no Which Star is a requirement Wars. for us to leave the house and actually go to a movie. Star Wars, or what's the other one? Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. There actually isn't a Star Wars this this year in December. It's, it's on. Memorial. Ooh, thankfully we don't have to go out. It's on Memorial Day instead this year, so we'll go out. Well, we won't. We'll go out in a quieter day than Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah. Memorial Day probably sucks to be in the cinema. All right, so uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, uh, hated by many, loved by others. Where are you in that camp? Let me guess. Uh, hated. No. As if. You're not going to hate any of it, no, uh, no matter well, what. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. This is where I, where I stand. The Force Awakens, I think, is a fantastic Star Wars movie. It was, it is, I watched it and rewatched it, and it always hits properly. You know, like I, it, it does something for me. But, I mean, I've only seen The Last Jedi once, twice now. Once, you know, we watched it this afternoon. Um, after watching it in the cinema, I it wasn't perfect for me. I loved some of it and really disliked other parts. And when I came to watch it again today, I appreciated it a lot more, but I still believe, and this is my honest, uh, if I was editing this movie, I would remove the Rose and Finn casino thing completely. I would absolutely just nuke it think the movie would play better without it because even this time and i was trying to enjoy that bit 
it just it doesn't even feel like it fits. It, it feels felt like forced. I agree. Yeah, like it's a separate movie, like another Star Wars tale that's being told separately to this movie. It, it's not the same thing. It, it's just it just feels a bit odd, and it feels like a what does it achieve? It gets these. It, I mean, they go off looking for this code breaker that could be done in a throwaway line of dialogue, couldn't it? The whole thing, absolutely. So, you know, it's it's literally like it, it's like a twenty minute segment of the movie, all told. And I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like how it looks. I don't like when they're riding on whatever those things are, like you know, horse racing things. Let's call them horse alien horses. It just looks bad. <laughs> It doesn't look very good, does it? Star Wars has a really high quality of CG and effects, doesn't it? Um, not always. I mean, no. the space battles, for instance. Space battles now, yes. No, Star Wars, Star Wars does not have a history of having the best special effects, so let's not pretend. It's but not always the greatest. back in 77, those effects were... You could not believe what you were seeing on the screen. And like, you were, were always, eight years old. Yeah, but they were always, like, cutting-edge and The Force Awakens is full, and Rogue One even, is full of amazing-looking space battles and lightsaber fights. And this movie is too. But that whole casino planet bit, even though a lot of it is done theatrically and it isn't actually CG, most of it. And I dig the idea. I dig the idea that we are addressing the reality that there are people in this galaxy there is somebody somewhere who's creating the weapons, creating the machinery that keeps this Star Wars alive, because that's life, that's human life. Somebody's making all of the big, huge war weapons, the tanks, the missiles, right? There's somebody somewhere in a factory, somebody somewhere in a company, and it's not like one company for the good guys and one company for the bad guys. There are companies making the stuff, and everybody buys from everybody. And yes. that is addressed, which I do like. Also the idea of the oppression and then freeing these animals and like sort of this horrible Charles Dickens-esque idea that these children have been stolen and are being forced to work, you know, and live in the stables with these creatures. And so we're going to try to liberate them. You know, it's all that mixed together. So it has a lot going on. But if you unplug it and just say they're going off to do this and then they come... And, and then, then it's resolved, then you'd be just as good. I'd rather take that 20 minutes and expand on other things. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, this movie is like uh, two hours and 25 minutes or whatever. And The Force Awakens is two hours. And The Force Awakens feels perfectly paced to me. And this movie, it almost turns into Snoozeville when they go off to. <laughs> this time, I, I didn't like it the first time. And I didn't even know it was coming the first time, obviously. I'd not seen, you know, I'd not seen any spoilers or anything. I just sat watching it and going, oh, God, this is weird. I don't, I'm not into this part. Like, and I was like, I'm not into something Star Wars. This is weird. <laughs> not into this part. And then this time I was like, look, I'm going to see if I can be into this part now. Because second time, might see some cool things. Because there's a lot to see in these sequences in the casino. So I kind of focused to the edges of the frame to see different aliens and stuff. But then I was, once it got round to them getting the code breaker guy and then that silly chase on the back of the horse things, I was like, oh, it's still as bad. It's, you know what it reminds me of? Um, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the monkey bit that spoils that movie. Yep, absolutely. That yeah, that monkey bit. Absolutely. And yeah, this is what this reminds me of. And it's like, it just pulls me completely out of the movie, and I'm like, oh no, please get back to Ray, Ray and uh, Kylo. I'm so interested in seeing them fighting. I don't really want to see this. So that's the. We got into the bad stuff immediately. But, 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 but. Spoilers. There might be some spoilers for Star Wars The Last Jedi when I speak in a minute. So please go and watch this movie and then come back. But it only took like a, a gazillion dollars, so most people have probably seen it anyway, right? You'd think by now. So, let me ask you, how do you think the Luke Skywalker character was handled? Uh, how did you like the handling of, of his character? Honestly, you're not going to like my answer. I, I don't, don't need to like it. I'm just asking your opinion. I don't really care. I couldn't care either way. Whether he's Mr. Da-da-da, save the day, or he's gone through some sort of character arc over the last 30 years and come to different... Like he has. Again, spoiler, he's... He's a human being. 
Human beings are they human beings? I'm assuming they're all human beings. Yeah, <laughs> they're not earthlings, but we're going to say they're humans. He's, you know, close enough. Um, and he's gone through some thinking and an experience that made him question the idea of this ultimate power that he has to control the force and all that and kind of ditched it. That's fine. Or if we'd showed up and he was like been training for 30 years and has been preparing for this and he's ready to like save the day and crush the new order and make, you know, the Republic great again, that'd be fine too. Like, I don't give a shit. Either way, it's handled fine. It fits fine. Not the yet, ending of him is fine. I'm not that committed to the the overall story. It's telling me a fair story. I'm good with that. Now, Luke Skywalker's my childhood hero character, right? It was never Han. It was always Luke. Yeah. So Luke is special because it's like, you know, it's it's very special to me. So people have criticized this movie for, like, not treating it right. Luke's return and subsequently what happens to Luke. But I think... Even Luke didn't like it. Even Luke didn't <laughs> like it. Uh, Mark Hamill didn't like it. But I personally... when I've heard Mark Hamill talk about it and say, there's no way he would change, he would change in that way. And I'm like, no, because in real life, like, people, put it to put it perfectly... Like, imagine somebody who loses their religion, quoting the R.E.M. song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they, they're halfway through life and there's something happens and they completely change their view, like, of a religion. Or something just challenges it to the point of them being confused about where they stand anymore. Like, they're, you know, it's... Right. It's not as cut and dry as it used to be. And now I have some complications. I'm either going to go back to where I started and c- continue to believe it, or I'm going to move past it, change what I think a little bit. But in the meantime, I'm confused. Right. <laughs> Something has made me confused, which is good. See, I think that makes the character better. I do too. I see exactly where Ryan Johnson was coming from when he was writing this. Yeah. But I I think the problem with Mark Hamill not liking it is because, like a lot of this movie, it is not exactly what you think it's going to be. Because this movie doesn't follow... It's got a lot of surprises in it. It doesn't follow the exact plot of a Star Wars film. There is a big moment in the middle where a giant thing in the movie ceases to exist. And it's, it's the thing that's been built up as the big thing, right? Yeah. And it is not something you expect. There are several things that you don't expect. Um, when the, at the end of Force Awakens, the very final shot, which is awesome, of Luke standing on the cliff and Ray approaching him with the lightsaber. In this movie, it, it shows you, it cuts to that scene, and then Luke just tosses the lightsaber over his shoulder. Now, Mark Hamill had a problem with that. He's like, well, Luke wouldn't do that. He's not so flippant. He would, he would say something wise, or he would say, like, you know, but I think that worked perfectly. It was like, we expect the audience, we expect Luke to go, oh, my lightsaber, I'm coming to save the day. <laughs> but that is not what happens. And I see exactly what Ryan Johnson was going from, and Star Wars fans criticize him a lot for that. But, spoilers, <laughs> Mr. Luke Skywalker also meets his demise in this movie. And I think, you know, him being my favorite character, I uh, have no problem with it. What she actually says at the end, Ray, where she says, I felt him leave. It was peaceful with purpose. That's what I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel that. I don't feel it was like, I don't feel Luke needed to stick around. I think he did. the, The huge thing that he does in this movie, the big cool hero moment that he does have, is awesome. And now he's, you know... Where is he? He's with the... uh, Yeah, I think that kind of helps explain what happens. Like when a Jedi... I'm just guessing here because no one's ever told me this. But when they've fulfilled an actual... Their actual purpose. Then they're done. Like Yoda. What he was meant to do maybe wasn't all the other shit that he had done. But in the moment when he passes on a little bit of knowledge to Luke, that was it. Right. And then he disappeared just like this. All of Luke's everything led up to him. Just giving them five extra minutes. That was it. He didn't do anything else. No. 
He literally didn't do anything. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't blow up anything. He didn't stop anything. He didn't hold anybody back, really. Like, with force, I mean, you know what I mean? He didn't, like, blow up any of the ships. He just gave them some time. Yeah. And I mean, gave them ch- a chance to then find the theme that's in all of Star Wars movies is hope. That's, like, the thing. That's why it's. That's why it was originally called The New Hope. <laughs> right. Well, these are all the old hope. It's the old hope now. <laughs> But yeah, um, Luke does have a, an amazing hero moment. It gives me shivers down my spine when it's happening. Um, and people, I've heard people complain that he never gets a moment in this movie, but he, he really does. Yeah. There's a moment when he speaks to Leia before the end. And then there's the moment where he goes and does the thing with Kylo, which is awesome, a, a big deal because he sees, he, he's looking at Kylo and then he's like, you're not going to change, boy. <laughs> like you have that anger. And I can see it, and I, I can't. There's nothing I can do for you. And it's still, and it's still the same position he took when he decided to just give up and go off on the island. Was I cannot change? This is not the thing I can do. I can't pull this out of him. I chose not to kill him in the moment, but I can't make him different. So I'm just going to leave. This time, he's the same. I can't change you. I can't do anything to you. I can't change the course of your decisions. All I can do is stand here. And distract you for a minute. And then fate, or whatever this galaxy has in order for everybody, it's just it's just the way it is. There's, there's nothing different about his position, except he decided to, you know, well, use up all of his energy, apparently, yeah, it, to make it happen. Because that's the way I took it, was that he used so much of his energy and did his thing that that was it. He was done. The, the actual name for that force power is astral projection. Oh, is it? That's yeah. a name for it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it is a very um, only the Jedi Master can do it kind of thing because it is so exhausting. So, yeah, he does it and we all go, you know, a lot of these Star Wars, uh, what would you call them, nitpickers? <laughs> They're like, oh, well, nobody's ever done that before. Well, Luke is <laughs> Luke is the, well, almost. It's the- a story. Yeah. It's fiction. You yeah. can make up whatever you want if, however... It's completely disjointed, which I don't think that is. I guess maybe their interpretation is it's completely wacky. But, I mean, this is science fiction. It's yeah, another absolutely. galaxy. It is a thing we do not understand. <laughs> Even if some comic book or a book that you read along the way or somebody at a convention told you this is what the Jedi Force is, and now you're mad because the people who own the property have written it this way, then that's kind of your problem, yeah, not theirs. I mean, it doesn't belong to you. No. You're not writing it. You didn't make it up. You can get as mad as you want. Nothing's going to change. It and? Happens how it happens. Here's the real kicker, which a lot of people won't like. You don't have to watch them. True. You don't have to risk it. Because I feel like some of these people go into these movies Cynical. knowing yeah. they're going to be irritated. And that it gives them a platform to be... I mean, we do this review. And I'll say if I don't like something... But I'm I'm not invested in it. I don't give a shit. I don't care about anything. I don't I mean I don't care about anything in life at all. I don't care about the fictional worlds that I personally am entertained by. I don't care if Bob's Burgers ends tomorrow. I don't care that the X Files got kind of semi shitty and it's not it had some good and some bad this time. We both love the X Files, by the way. I don't care. Like it doesn't break my heart and it doesn't make me sit and contemplate it for hours and I'll discuss it briefly, and that's it. If it never came back ever again, I, I'd be fine too. So I don't understand this commitment people make to like. Well, from all the things that are out there that I like, Star Wars is my biggest yeah commitment. Like video games and Star Wars, I yeah, would say <laughs> anything that is Star Wars that's available, I will experience it. I, I don't have any. You know, somebody says, oh, the new Star Wars game's not very good. No, I'm getting that new Star Wars game and I'm making my own mind up. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Make your own mind up. And don't listen to other people. If you have an opinion about one of these movies, don't change it because someone else pointed out something and then you're like, well, yeah, unless you actually think it. Because that's just dumb. And I love Star Wars. Like, to the bottom of my heart, and I can still find things I don't like about this particular Star Wars. And that's the reasonable way to look at it, I think. Yeah, but but it doesn't dampen my enjoyment of it, because I still loved sitting and watching this again. 
and I could literally sit and watch it again now. Just like with X-Files, it doesn't yeah. take away the fact that for five to six years, we're going to say in the beginning of the X-Files, we were both in love not just with each other, that came later, but in love with it. And like every Sunday it was time to like turn off the lights and close the door and get your snack and get yep. nestled in to see what the hell was going on this week. Even if it was a rerun, it didn't matter. Um, so we both have that. However, that like you don't, um, I don't know how that can carry on past that moment. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like people just, dwelling on it so intensely even if now it's not like great anymore uh, to me I, I, well even I'll it doesn't it's follow great. through with yeah. the same kind the, the the intangible things that made me in love with it and yes you know 20 years younger and all that but um because it doesn't have that doesn't make me like that less right it doesn't take anything away from my life that's like if somebody passes away in your life, that all of a sudden you have to erase everything about them because the sadness of them being gone is so bad. That's not how it works. And that's a terrible analogy, I know, comparison. But I'm just saying, it doesn't change a new hope if you no. don't like The Last Jedi. It's still there. You can I'm watch it 500 watching. times if you want. I mean, that's the, I, that's the whole thing. So I just don't understand the... Fortunately... The, the Star Wars has not taken the quality dive that the X-Files did. As <laughs> There's no, it's nowhere near, you know? Even if you don't like this as much as A New Hope, this is still a very good sci-fi movie, right? Yeah. You know, there's, it's not like, oh, God, roll my eyes, there's another Star Wars movie. So, Man, Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you never know. But we are getting a Star Wars movie every single year, so we, you know, it could get to a certain amount of years, and we're like, oh, my God, most Star Wars movies... I mean, it probably won't happen to me. But I'm yeah. sure it might happen to the overall psyche of the movie-going audience. They might be like, uh, you know. But there again, Marvel are cranking them out, aren't they? Three a year sometimes. And people are still going. Ten years later. So, well, you know, Star Wars... Star Wars isn't going anywhere. Ever, <laughs> right? So let's move on to the cast here. Um, Daisy Ridley is back as Rey. Daisy Ridley is fantastic. <laughs> I would give her 10 out of 10 for being Grey. I mean, she's... Her acting is awesome, right? She's very false. I've only seen her in this, and for this, she's great. Yes. Yeah, she's like... She's like... When I was a kid, and I saw Luke Skywalker on the screen, and I had that like, oh, God, Luke Skywalker, he's awesome. That's how I feel when I look at Rey today. Nice. She is like... She's the same... She's, she is Luke Skywalker, basically, a version of him. And she is very... F Sure of herself, but then a little bit, you know, in the last movie, doesn't really know what's happening. Like, I like in this movie how they kind of play with, ooh, is she going to the dark side or not? You know, they play with that a little bit. Yeah. Will she? Won't she? Will she end up being the I body? mean, a good writer would make her go dark, but hey, that's just, you know. <laughs> I mean, we don't know, but this third movie might be Rey's transition to the dark side and Kylo and Rey rule the galaxy. You know, you never know. That could be the dark ending, right? <laughs> so, we don't know. But I like, I really like Ray's character. I'm glad they, I don't know, it's some awesome casting. I didn't even know who she was when they cast her. But um, she is Star Wars to me now, you know? She's, she's a good role model for all the girls out there. She's a good role model for boys. She's just a really good, strong, central character. So, yeah, that's Ray. Mark Hamill. As Luke Skywalker, you got anything to say about Mark? Uh, same as I've always said. You I don't he's... find Luke that interesting. <laughs> what about his acting in this movie? He's the same as always. I'm neutral. I think he's fine, but he's he's a theatrical guy, and that's how it comes across. Isn't embraces it? whatever it is he's doing, which is fine. But I'm very neutral on Mark Hamill. Yeah, well, well, Luke's my guy, and uh, I know always has been. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I know. And I really had some cool Luke Skywalker moments out of this movie. I mean, even the second time. Even when he brushes brushes his shoulder, it's it's yeah. very modern, that. But Do it's also it? very awesome to me. It's like, yes. Yeah, I could... To one side comment. I could completely do without the goofiness, but I realize it's been throughout all of Star Wars. So if you go too serious... Like, the seriousness is good to plant in, you know, Rogue One... Because it was more, it Ro seemed to me. Rogue One didn't have any goofiness at all. Right, and I like that. However, I realize if you take that away, 
because Star Wars has a lot of goof all throughout. I can accept this that. one's slightly ups the goofy quota a little bit. Um, you know, it actually starts the whole the movie starts on a joke with the hooks, yeah. like you can't <laughs> hear him, like it's a joke. Um, there's a you know the pogs with Chewbacca is like a funny thing, but there again the pogs with Chewbacca fits because it's just like. When R2-D2 and C-3PO like come across the Jawas in the desert in The New Hope and there's just a goofy kind of funniness to it. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is a little bit more kind of jokey, this one. But then there are moments of sheer like, you know, terror or like, I was going to, let me mention before we go into all these. Oh, I'll, well, I'll, I'll mention this person now, Gwendolyn Christie, who plays Captain Phasma. What did you think about Phasma in this? Same as I've said to uh, she's nothing. She's really nothing. And, and I like so her. Built up. Love her. Because if you've watched Game of Thrones, you might have in the back of your brain the tendency to like drag that with it, and then you're adding to her because of that. Well, if you subtract that, it doesn't have to be her. Right. Like it just doesn't. And so I feel like that's kind of sad. I, I just feel like with the marketing of um The Force Awakens and how Phasma was a big part of that. And then Phasma amounted to nothing in The Force Awakens. She was in like two scenes. And then in. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the lady. No, the I'm not knocking lady. the lady. No, no. But there again, mostly you can't see, see her, right? So in The Last Jedi, it, it's really throwaway, the character. It, you know? You know when she's like, oh, Finn, like whatever his number is. When she says it, I'm like, oh, well, there's going to be a big showdown between Finn and her. Yeah. It kind of is, but it's really like nothing. It's, you know, that's such a cool character that they could have developed. So um, Carrie Fisher, sadly, has passed away after this movie. Plays Leah Organa. What do you think of Leah in this particular movie? Not overall. In this one? Good. Good, because got more of the, like, tired... um, She's been at this for a long time, and I feel like I don't know if Carrie Fisher was just also tired, but it it came across right for this part that she's ready to rally and and get things done, and yet the moments like with Luke and with purple hair, um, <laughs> Laura Dern or Diane as we like to call her from yeah. Twin Peaks, um, I felt like it was more right really than the other one. My favorite moment of um, Leia in this, and it's nothing, and you, you know, if you're not paying attention, you might miss it. Was a battle at the beginning, and she she's looking out the window, and then she looks down, and there's like a little panel, and it shows you all the the dead, yeah, tie, tie fighters, and the look on her face is like, yeah, that I can't was really do this good. Much longer, like it's just too much for me. Like, I, like yes, we just won, but look at that little readout there. Yeah, like I'm like I'm saying, she's just tired of it all. And the scene where she meets Luke again, it's a bit heartstringy. That I mean, it makes me well up. <laughs> but it's, I said to you, because she actually died in real life, and she didn't die when she was making this movie, they didn't make this movie knowing she was going to die. But it's really weird how the scenes mean 50 times more. Like, there's certain scenes in this movie. Do where, you think because maybe somewhere in his mind or somewhere they're like, in the next one, because we've killed Han and we've killed Luke, and she's gonna have to go. So if we make this very meaningful, hmm. you know, like character, not yeah. person, but that you know, it's like they're reading what I they they are telling. Well, I'm picking up on this. She's been at this a long time. I mean, her whole life, basically. And she loved Star Wars. Loved it. Did loved, she? Yeah, she loved everything about it. She Aww. loved doing it. Like. And when she was asked to come back and do new Star Wars, it was, like, the best thing. (laughs) I've read loads of stuff. You know, she she wasn't tired of Star Wars. She wanted... Star Wars was the thing she always wanted to do. So she was excited to come back and do more. Now, I thought, when we saw the trailer for Last Jedi and they kind of showed you Kylo shooting at the ship, and I thought they were actually going to kill her fairly early on in this movie just because they didn't get all her footage. Mm. Um, And that would, would be it. But... Spoilers, she actually survives this movie, so we know she can't be in the next movie. Because they aren't doing a CG version of her. They said they would not. Good. So how do you explain away such a major character? Yeah. That's a difficult thing to come... 
J.J. Abrams is doing the next one. That's a difficult thing to come to, isn't it? Where you've got this character who was such a major part of The Last Jedi. I mean, all you can do is have a scene. The opening scenes of Funeral? Where people are told something, you know. And then, yeah, do a funeral. It's just difficult, though. Yeah. Because she's so meaningful to Star Wars. I mean, she's she's our princess. We don't have a... We, you know, she. Aww. We don't have another princess. Maybe, Aww, maybe, Hayes. Maybe, maybe Ray. <laughs> we don't know who Ray's mother and father is. Well, they're she dead. She might be a princess. They're dead. They're junkers. Well, I, I, I believe what he said. I don't believe what he said. I do. No, I don't. I think she's something. <laughs> Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Yeah. <laughs> hope, hope, hope. Oscar Isaac because Poe Dameron. You know what? In the first viewing of this film in the theatrical, I was really irritated by Poe Dameron. I loved him in Force Awakens. You did. Kind of got on my... Um, Wick. On my uh, sea cow nipples. Oh my god. Don't even <laughs> start that one. Oh my god. Um, <gasps> god. But because I... I, th- I saw him like... I was like, it was disrespecting people. He's telling them they're not doing it right. He's just kind of mouthy and irritating. He keeps running around shouting at people. But then in this one, I I got behind him a bit more and I understood what he was... I did too. Yeah, it didn't seem as... I was like, oh, I can see where he's coming from all the time. He doesn't know this new lady who's on the on the bridge of the ship. He doesn't know that she's uh, incompetent or she's actually bad. <laughs> he doesn't know, does he? Like, So I can see why he was giving people lip. But uh, I think Poe Dameron is going to be a big part of the third part of this. He is our, would you say he's our Han Solo for this new no. black character? No. What is he? He's not. Is he he's not Han Solo. Is he our Porkins? He's nothing. <laughs> John Boyega returns as Finn. What do you think of John Boyega? I like him. I think he was really good, especially when he was really determined to, you know, throw, on, throw in the towel, essentially. Yeah. Um, I'd really hated his section of the movie, unfortunately. Yeah, that was unfortunate. It's fine when he's back with the main cast at the end, and he at the beginning even, where he's in his little watery suit thing and he's meeting them. But when he goes off on that mission, and that whole mission, it's just... I don't even like the part where he meets her in the, and she she jabs him with the thing. And, yep. I, and she's kind of fanboying over him and all that. I don't <laughs> like that. I, I just think that feels really like off and weird. Doesn't feel like Star Wars. So um, Laura Dern plays Vice Admiral Hondo. Hondo? What do you think of Laura? I mean, there's not a lot Holden. to it, but I felt like the second time watching it, it it had more weight yeah, to me she, for sure. I mean, her exit from the movie is awesome. I think it's one. It's a really awesome thing. Very. Yep. Um, That's the, a stirring kind of a thing. And the one scene she does with um, the scene that she does with. Carrie Fisher, where they're holding hands and as she's leaving, and she says, "May the force be with you." That that's that thing, that whole thing there feels like they knew Princess Leia was. I mean, Carrie but they Fisher. didn't. It's they just, didn't. She was but just it, being oh, it has good a whole new meaning when you know. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, like, oh no, they're saying goodbye to us. It's really sad. So yeah, I, I like Laura Dern a lot, and I'm glad she's been in a Star Wars film. I'm guessing this is it, unless we see some. Prior to this movie. And finally, Kelly Marie Tran plays Rose Tico. The new character... See, I like the character. I just don't like the situation they put her in. Yeah. And her sister, Paige, (laughs) she is my hero. I I love her. In fact, that that actual screenshot of where she's looking, where she's lying on the thing and looking down and the bombs are dropping. I want that as my wallpaper on my desktop. (laughs) She's she's my hero. I mean, crap. She she wins that battle for them, doesn't she? And she commit, you know, loses a life due to it. But yeah, her sister Rose. She's the main, you know, she a new character who's a major character, really. It's just that we go on this crappy adventure with her, which doesn't feel right. And finally, um, well, her. What's he called? I didn't write him down. Who? The codebreaker. Don, ben, Benicio. 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 Oh my God. Go Benicio del. Ben, oh my God. Benicio del Toro. Yeah, he God. plays the code breaker. It's a bit little. No, bit. he doesn't. 
The actual codebreaker is Kevin. Right, he doesn't play the codebreaker. He plays a codebreaker who can nah, he possibly plays a break a code. and a con man. Um, it's a bit too wacky for me. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's cool if it was in a different movie. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. Uh, it is a, another thing of that adventure that feels wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, okay, he's like Lando Calrissian. He'll just work for whoever, you know, like he'll turn. I think that's fair. There's going to be a lot of people like that in this world. Yeah. So. I mean, that's fine. But I don't know. He, I don't think he brought much to it for me. So this is directed by Ryan Johnson. He directed a movie called Looper with Bruce Willis, which I did not see, a sci-fi movie. Directed a movie called Brick, and he's also directed several episodes of Breaking Bad, which I did see, and Breaking Bad is awesome. So what do you think of Ryan Johnson as a director of Star Wars? I think he did a fine job. It's a very large situation to be the... And I like the one comment he made in the making of movie where he said, you know, it's like right after they've done all the pre-production and they're ready to start filming. And he said, I'm ready to get on with the problem solving on the set. And I like that approach that he, he actually loves or appears to love that constant chaos of like, imagine the countless number of things that go wrong on a movie set. Yeah. And you're the guy (laughs) like it's going to filter up to you one way or another. It's going to filter up to you. And he seems to love that part, but he sees it as for what it is. You know what I mean? It's a problem-solving project, and so I really like that. He also saw it as, like, all the parts leading up to being on the set are, like, a super big headache because it's all giant. But then when you get onto the set, it's smaller because you're just in this, like, it's a more... You're just really worrying about, like, is this scene going to be okay? You don't have to think about, in several days... Are we going to have enough catering for this or whatever? You know, like, it looked like it. The project looks impossible to me. A project like making a Star Wars movie. When yeah. they were explaining it, I was like, how does a movie even get made? Like, people. Part of the skill of the movie is scheduling and getting people in the right places at the right time, isn't it? I mean, that is an art Absolutely. in itself. Like, and you actually get to see that a bit. So. But I won't, I'm not going to hide the fact that when I think of movies and people talking about how hard it is and how tired they are and how long their days are, and oh my God, it's been 120 days of six days a week and 10 hour days, and it's really hard. I just will say, fuck off. Do you know how many people work for 50 years, seven days a week, like farmers, maybe soldiers, maybe parents of children, people who raise children, people who work at jobs who run businesses, who work in nursing homes, doctors, nurses, emergency workers. These are people who do this for a living and don't make millions of dollars. I'm not saying the lighting guy on the set is making millions of dollars, but I just, that, I have no tolerance for that anymore. I get it. It's a big project. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of skill. I'm totally behind that. I I love that it's a huge creative project, but don't whine at me anymore about how long it is and how hard it is. And it's a big project. And at any moment, any of you could bow out and it might not ever exist. It is just a movie. It is entertainment. I love it. You love it. I'm a movie freak. So don't think I want movies to go away. But this idea that it's just so, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, um, you're barking up the wrong tree with me on that one. Yeah, they burn. They burn a tree in this movie. <laughs> That's true. I told you. What did I admit to you? <laughs> oh, that you didn't realize it. I was, never realized the tree is in the shape yeah. of the Jedi. No. Logo. Did anybody else not ever notice? I mean, have we ever seen the tree before? No. No. So well, why would you know that? Well, we've seen the Jedi logo before. I know, but did you know it was the tree? And when uh, you saw the tree, did you go, oh, there's the logo? I actually knew it from the comic book. Okay, I don't read comics. But yeah. Um, so the, the extras on this, uh, this is the 4K and the Blu-ray and uh, an extra disc with all the extras on. So the movie is in super high quality because there's nothing extra on the movie disc, just the movie. So you get an audio commentary with Ryan Johnson, which I will be listening to this week. You get, and this is awesome, it's called The Director and the Jedi. It's on the bonus disc. It's a documentary. It's an hour and 35 minutes. We watch the entire thing. In fact, you said, 
I don't want to see that many extras. <laughs> so you picked the one that lasted an hour. We ended up sitting there for an hour and 35 <laughs> minutes watching this. Um, it was good. Yeah, it's called The Director and the Jedi. And it's a documentary. And it, I think it covers almost everything about the making of this film, right? A bit of editing, a bit of... Um, a lot of on the set stuff, location things, interviews with the stars of the movie. You get to see Kathleen Kennedy and the director and the producer. And it's it feels really intimate, like you're just following these people around day to day. And it, you see some of the stress, you see some of the, you know, people designing things for them. And you, I, I one thing I realized from watching the whole thing was... A lot of Star Wars, this particular movie, is not CG even when you think it is. When Kylo Ren is having his face operated on by his little droid thing, I thought that was CG floating. It's a real thing. <laughs> like a real ball floating there. I mean, it's not it's not magic, it's on a string, but you know what I'm saying? There's actual lots of practical effects in here. You get to see Warwick Davis in his Deleted scene, I guess. Is he not really in the movie? Did you? Did I can't you remember for sure. I don't think... I think that character might have been in the casino just because he is credited at the end. He was in there at the end when you, we zoomed across him. Like, he's kind of standing there. Right. Like, when the when those creatures run through. So, that might have been the scene. It just looked different from yeah. that angle. Um, so, this director in the Jedi documentary, if you are a Star Wars fan or you like watching films being made... It is really good, and it's told from the director's point of view, really. It's kind of following him every day. You get to see lots of... You get to see a very frank um, Mark Hamill. Yeah, I love that. I love that they didn't hide the, no, like, the say, truth. Like, actually saying, look, I this is what I've told the director. I don't like what he's doing with this. I don't like anything he's done, really. But I will do what he wants, because... What did he say? Luke Skywalker is not really my thing. Yeah. It's something that they rent to me every once in a while. So I was really very, like, frank. Like, and you get to know Mark Hamill's point, uh, point of view on this whole thing. Then there's something called Balance of the Force, which lasts 10 minutes, which is Ryan Johnson discussing the plot, basically, and why he chose these things for the movie. There's something called scene breakdowns, which takes a few of the scenes and breaks them down. And that lasts about 40 minutes also. There's Andy Serkis Live, which is Andy Serkis playing Snoke, but without the CG. So you get to see the actual performance. And then there are 23 minutes of deleted scenes. So um, I'm sure in there, which I'll be watching later, there might be the Warwick Davis scene that looked like it would be longer. So... In all, we're looking at like five or six hours of stuff, including the commentary. So they're, they're not skimping on the extras in the, on this. So if you're a Star Wars fan and you've already seen the movie, there's a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff for you to see. Plus a full commentary on the movie. So um, The Last Jedi. That's The Last Jedi. Sit Ever. What did you think Ever. of The Last Jedi Ever. overall? Your... <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more the second time, I will say. And I say to you, I did enjoy I enjoyed it a lot more the second time, but I can still see the issues. But Yep. I can love a thing and still know that it's flawed, just like, you know, yeah. I love you a lot. Nice. <laughs> Obviously you can do the same. True. So we're <laughs> we have that skill. But um, I thought I you know I'm not in the group of people who be like, I am not watching The Last Jedi. It is a really bad Star Wars film because it is not. It is a Star Wars film. and It might have some things you don't like, but I'm sure it's still got some Star Wars in there that you do like. And if it stresses you out really bad because don't they don't live it. up to your expectations, then guess what? You need to learn the skills, learn how to write a good story, learn how to work a camera, learn how to make your own props and meet people who know how to perform well and make your own goddamn and movie. And get yourself billions Just make a of movie. Dollars. You don't need billions of dollars to make a good movie. If that's what you think makes a good movie, then you're wrong. But if you don't like the way other I people... I you making a Star Wars If you don't like the way other people make movies and tell stories, tell your own story. It's really... You might have to learn something. And then... People are going to bitch about what you're doing and you're going to understand the other side of it. 
So, thank, and I recommend The Last Jedi. It is Star Wars, so it instantly gets a recommendation. I will tell you, thank, oh, thanks to Disney and Lucasfilm for sending us a copy for review slightly early. And um, next week's review, we go from one of my, well, we go from my favorite franchise of all time to my favorite director of all time next week, Mr. Paul Thomas Anderson. We're looking at his new movie, Phantom Thread, starring mm-hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis, next week. So excited for that, too. It's like movie paradise at the moment. Movie recommendations. I will recommend you the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope. It is the one to watch. <laughs> and I will also recommend you a movie that we've reviewed here on the podcast uh, called Flash Gordon, which is a childhood film of mine that I can wa- I could put it on now and watch it. I know how it goes. I know the words to it. I know the songs by Queen. It makes me feel happy watching it. Aw. Flash Gordon's alive. You know, you, you, I don't think it had as big effect. Oh, no, it. I did not. <laughs> Why? Because I only watched it about five years ago. So my, and, my impact would have been less. But for sure. me, it's like, wow, that's such a cool film when I was a kid. And it still carries over like it's Star Wars does. So Flash Gordon. And actually, I've heard that they're doing a new Flash Gordon soon. I'm not that excited for that because what I like about the old one is how kitschy and like, 80s it is it's really cheap terrible green screeny type looking effects you know right and that's what's good about it it's just really kind of shitty but the reason it's kind of shitty is it's trying it's flash gordon's a thing from the 50s right or the 40s and it was a remake of that and that was kind of low budget i don't i don't need a super high budget version of flash gordon is i guess what i'm saying so, Sitar, what are your recommendations? My recommendations just have to throw this in there, you know, for any of you who aren't. My understanding in the world is that people have taken these things so seriously that there are Star Wars people and there are Star Trek people. I would say that's how our marriage is if we were to label ourselves. You're the Star Wars man. Let me, um, I'm the Star Trek person. <laughs> Alexa, what's better, Star Wars or Star Trek? I choose both. We all just live long and prosper while the force is with us. <laughs> there you if, go. If she, you didn't hear her, uh, yeah, I'll ask cr- her yourself. I'll crank her up so you can hear her. <laughs> um, so my, because I'm a, a lifelong, pretty much lifelong, yeah, Star Trek person. Not a super nerd person. Not like committed to it. If it never came back again, I'm cool with that too. But I'm gonna say, controversially, I recommend watching Enterprise. And Voyager. Those are my two favorite, um, I think. Not favorite sci-fis, but when I think of the whole of my Star Trek world, and it is mine, um, I'm I'm the most, like, uh, into the story of those two. I mean, I like Deep Space Nine a lot. Of course, I love Star Trek Next Generation. I like the original. I get it. I'm not into the movies, though. You so, haven't seen the latest Star Trek that I got you. Yet. I don't. After I saw the others, um, it doesn't really do much for me because it is. It didn't have the the guts of it for me. No, I me. mean the TV show. Yeah, no, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You haven't yeah. seen that. That's no. no, that's nothing to do with JJ Abrams. True, movies. true. But um, as I have to be ready. I have to watch all of my other ones first, so that'll take me about a year. <laughs> I also I have to either get really sick or have a surgery so that I have to have an excuse to lay on the couch for like six weeks and then I'll just watch the shit out of it. On the subject of sci-fi, quickly, um, we saw the trailer for Netflix's um, Lost in Space. That looks really good. Yeah, it did look really good. Yeah, like it looked like a feature film. Like it looked super high quality sci-fi. Um, I'm hoping that's really good. I uh, It comes out in April. But um, yeah, it's... Like Lost in Space, the old TV show was like a comedy, really, like a sitcom in space. This isn't. It's more a uh, well. They, they're calling it like the, the, the Netflix thing. They're saying it's like the whole family can watch it, but it's like a sci-fi adventure. It looked really good, but not a comedy like like the original. It was goofy, wasn't it? The original one. Well, mm. it had themes, just like you know, even Star Trek. I mean, it was pre-Star Trek, but I mean, it had themes about humanity and right and wrong right. and bad and good and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, it wasn't even on my radar, and I saw that trailer, I was like, holy crap, that was good. Because I remember when they made a Lost in Space feature film in, when was it? Probably early 2000s with Matt LeBlanc. Oh, it, yeah. It was really, really awful. 
And I thought, well, that's Lost in Space, ruined forever. (laughs) (laughs) Assholes! Hopefully it's good, this one. So, games and A. Scully stuff this week. I played a new game this week from EA. It's called A Way Out. It's a co-op game where it's a prison break, heist, revenge. I would call it like a movie, but it's played out like a game. Like something like Heavy Rain or a Telltale game. Um, And it's only playable co-op. You can't play it on your own at all. It's split screen. One player's on one side, one player's on the other. You get to see what each other's doing, and, you know, you might have different cutscenes. Like, for instance, there's a part where you have to um, break... Well, you're in prison, and you you go down... One of you goes down to the laundry shop, and you've got to steal a tool, and you've got to get it through the metal detector. So, like, there's two of you, so one of you... Hands it to the other one, goes through the metal detector, pushes it through a hole in a wall on the other side. It's like you have to help each other out and you've got to break out of the prison. And then it becomes this revenge tale and it's really cinematic. If you actually want to watch my playthrough of it, um, I played it with a friend who's, who happens to be a YouTuber. It's called Gaming in Still Life. Did you get that, Sid Talk? Yep, Gaming in Still Life. Gaming in Still Life. Uh, if you find him on YouTube, he's got our whole, I think it's five-hour playthrough in three parts. You can go and you'll hear me talking to him as we're playing. And you can enjoy us play it. Or play it, I'd rather you play it yourself. But if you've played it yourself and you want to watch us play it, um, there was some amusing situations. Go but I told it. you, I know a guy. I know a guy who says he'd rather watch people play games on YouTube or Twitch than to buy it and play it himself. Right. That well, he watches it like he's watching a movie kind of a thing. If he wants to watch A Way Out, played by me and uh, Rich from Gaming Is Still Life, you can go and play it. You can go and watch it on YouTube. So, um, yeah, excellent. It was actually excellent. I would give it a 9 out of 10 as a game. It was Whoa. so good. Um, it's my kind of game. A really good story. Really awesome cinematography. And the gameplay throughout was always different. Like, it never does the same thing twice. In fact, there's a fishing, there's a part where you have to fish, and that, like other games, if they bother to make like a fishing mechanic, well, they would have fishing all the way through the game. This game makes a fishing mechanic, uses it for about like a minute of the game, and then never comes back to it. And it's like that for everything. There's a part where you ride a motorbike, you think, well, I'm going to be riding a motorbike on and off now throughout the game. Nope, you ride a motorbike once. There's a car driving bit, you know, they never repeat anything. So it feels like, oh, we're always doing something new, which I really appreciated. So that's A Way Out. It's from EA. The best thing about A Way Out is if your friend has bought it and you have not bought it, you can play it for free. If he invites you to the game through Origin or through Xbox or through PlayStation, it downloads like a demo version for you and you play the whole game with him. So it only needs to be bought by one side of the pair who are playing it so maybe if you've got a friend you could chip in and pay half each and there you go you got a game to play so that's a way out um upcoming this tuesday is far cry 5 which is a big giant triple a game i love the far cry series this new far cry normally they take place in like the jungle or like uh, really like brazil or you know some crazy exotic place This time it takes place in Montana and this Far Cry is about a religious cult that starts to take over Montana. Like kind of a bit like, um, not a religious cult, but designated survivor. You know those people? Yeah. Kind of gun-toting, kind of, you don't want to mess with those people. Well, this is, you're a cop and Montana started to be taken over slowly by this religious gun-toting group. And you're in there to stop this thing. So Far Cry has finally come to America, and it looks kind of controversial. I'm sure it will raise some headlines this week. So yeah, that's out on Tuesday. I'll talk about it next week. Um, Stitcher sent me an email this week, and they said, after the show is number 57 in their top 100 podcasts of that week. Movers and shakers. Movers and shakers. Yeah, Yeah, like we'd, we'd really rose in listeners so thank you to all the listeners out there um who that 57, what? 57. 
we don't just have 57 listeners. Oh, we number 57. Number yes. Out yeah. of 100. Oh, of the top 100. That's yeah, pretty Yeah, it's actually... Uh, the list, you know, we were near some huge podcasts, so I was, like, excited. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I like about it. What I like about us, if I may, is that we don't do... Yes, we get the movies from the places... The people, the studios or the distributors, and we tell you, we got this movie. Thank you to whoever gave us this movie. That's Uh it. We don't do advertising. We don't do sponsorships. If we talk about a thing like a product, it's just because we either eat it or we use it or we do something with it in our own lives. We don't rely on anybody to tell us what to say, how to say it. Um, That would be extremely difficult if you knew me at all. You would Even if you said to me, hey. I've got these people, and they really want to sponsor us, but they want us to really, really, really talk about how great their product is. And if I'm like, yeah, but it's not, that's the end of the discussion. Because it's not going to happen. Yeah, I would never do that personally. No. Well, I don't know. No, I would not. (laughs) Good. That's good to know. Um, So I think that having not being, and we don't do anything else with it, you don't really promote. Like, you put it out on your Twitter and Facebook, like each week when you post the podcast, it goes on your site, it goes whatever. But we're not like, lately I've been watching a lot of photography videos, and then we were watching a guy getting interviewed on a photography video, and his whole, it's like his whole life is hashtags and gimme gimme, and, you know, well, Canon's given me this trip to Belize, and so I guess I'm a Canon guy now, that kind of thing. I'm not of that mind, and I don't know if that's what pulls people in. Obviously, people dig it, right? If they get do enough hashtags and do enough like promotion and media and just like shove yourself out there, we don't do that. And I think that if we don't even do, you know how many people listen every week? I'm not asking for the number. I'm just saying, do you keep track on purpose? I don't keep track, no. But occasionally, like this week, I yeah. went and had a look, and it's it's quite a lot to be honest. And the reason that we do the show, I don't know if you've noticed, we're married to each other, <laughs> have been married to each other for 18 years, since the year 2000. Groundhog Day. See, we got married on a movie day because Groundhog Day is like one of our favorite movies That's of all time. That's why we are qualified to have a movie <laughs> That's podcast. Right. And as we were watching movies every week, because we just had movies, then we were watching them every week, and then we would discuss it, and you were like, why don't we record what we're saying and make a podcast? Yeah, it was really that's before what we podcasts did. were a big deal as well. And then you made the little sheet where we have to follow the little formula every week, which is fine. It's not telling me what to say. It's just giving me a little bit of structure. Um, we tell you what we eat for dinner. I give you some advice. It's like, you know, it's just for us. We're and just then awesome. other people enjoying it. <laughs> we're awesome. Because another thing about me is I don't read reviews of anything except if I'm buying something expensive on Amazon. I will want to see... If it's a piece of crap. But a personal opinion of something artistic, because I like art, I like creative things, it's very subjective. I don't care what other people think. I don't know why you would care what we think, but I would like to think people are listening like I do to things. And we watch certain people on YouTube, we listen to certain podcasts, because you get to like the people. I think well, that's obvious. That's yeah. why people would listen to this, right? Because they because we're so charming and enchanting, <laughs> and our opinion really doesn't like add up to much. But we're just lovable, and so I just thank the people who hang in there and are interested and have listened to me talk now for like two whole minutes um, about nothing except for them and their maybe a reason that they listen. It's the same reason I listen to some of the people I do. So thank you. All right, thank you very much for downloading our podcast. Um, this upcoming Friday, we're going to see Ready Player One in theatres. In the theatre, not in theatres, we're not going to see it several <laughs> times. Why not? But um, Ready Player One is a book I read a couple of years ago. I'm a big fan of it. Sitdot did not read the book, so she didn't even know what happens, unless I did tell her when, when I was reading it. Do you, do you know what happens in no. Ready Player One? Oh, you don't? You, do you really. know anything about Ready Player One? Just everything you've told me. Just did it. You kind of told me the story. You read passages to me, even. But you re- you probably don't remember any nah. of it. You just know that it's about virtual reality. Remember the part about us being married for 18 years? <laughs> you know, We don't a, always listen to each other. You know it's about virtual reality, and you know that it has references to things from our childhoods. Correct. Yeah, well, we're going to go and see that. Mr. Steven Spielberg decided to make it into a movie. We're going to go and watch it on Friday. I will tell you about it in the next podcast. 
Sid Talk, what's for dinner and why am I asking? Well, because about 10 years ago, we chose, well, I chose to stop eating meat for health reasons, and then you jumped on board a little while later, and since then, we haven't eaten any meat. We do eat dairy and eggs. We're not vegan. We're not animal rights activists. Although, the longer you stop eating the meat, and then as things sort of get in front of you, you're like, yeah, I don't need to eat. We even discussed it yesterday. I've eaten enough chickens. And I have thousands of chickens in my life. Don't eat anymore. So, at the first we were telling people we're eating because when you stop eating meat, it can get complicated. It feels complicated to go to the store where the first time, or the first thing you do most of the time when you go to the grocery store, and they usually serve it up to you the way the store is designed, is you go straight to the meat. Or you bypass the vegetable section because you need a bag of potatoes, and then you get to the meat section because you need a you know dead animal to go with your meat with your potato or protein to go with your potato. Um, And so I just, as I was discovering that there's like the whole world of food out there, and we were loving it, and we still love it. Might as well introduce the idea to people. So tonight for supper, we're having mashed potatoes because that is, I think, actually my favorite food. I'm going to cook me some noodles to go with that because I like mashed potatoes and noodles. You are not on board with that because you weren't raised in the Midwest, but whatever. Throughout, um, through the power of the internet this week, we did watch Kevin Smith, who recently had a heart attack, <laughs> yeah. the director, eat his first bite bite of corn on the corn cob. On the cob. He'd never ate it in his entire life. So through the power of the internet, we learned that he doesn't like corn on the cob. Not those two bites. His wife is vegan and his daughter is <laughs> vegan. So I'm sure that all the years, I mean, you don't want to tell your person what to do. Like if you hadn't stopped eating meat, I, I wouldn't. That's not a thing. I probably wouldn't have cooked it for you anymore. So you would have had a lot of cold ham sandwiches and takeaway burgers. I find it really hard to believe like a grown man has never at 46 going. years old is not eating. Oh, no. I know lots of people. When I say I don't eat meat, they're just like, ugh, what do you eat? And I'm like, well, everything else. Like, everything else. I love vegetables. I'm still a very rotund, look it up on the internet, person. I'm not a skinny vegetarian. I like sugar. And I like bread. And I like potatoes. Those yeah, things bread are, isn't made of meat. Correct. <laughs> it's made of sugar and carbohydrates, <laughs> which I happen to love a lot. The fat cells in my body are hanging on to it for dear life. But, um, I forget where I was going with that. That's uh, sen- <laughs> senality. <laughs> That's because you don't eat meat. You go in senile. <laughs> my brain is falling apart. It doesn't matter. Lack of protein equals lack of protein. Bad we memory. do not have a lack of protein. We've learned, obviously, ten years. Neither of us are suffering. You still run an hour on the treadmill every day. I do what I can, but I don't run an hour on the treadmill. I don't run an hour on the treadmill either. Usually thirty minutes a day. You're always gone for an hour. Well, it depends how long. Uh, I don't have a set time. I watch a TV show or something on the treadmill. Yeah, you're the kind of person who. <laughs> If you're watching something and you're running, which I would hate, if it's longer than your running time, you just keep running. I just be, yeah. I'm, I am not that person. I just run until it's over. I'd rather die than have to run on the treadmill for an hour. And I don't, I'm not saying that flippantly. I'm just saying, uh, uh, I'm not good at exercise. All right. So what is your advice before we leave? Oh, I didn't finish what was for supper. Mashed potatoes. Gardein, which is a product that makes like um, meat substitutes, if you will. And you can question whatever. If you want to bitch about that, that we eat meat substitute, I don't give a shit. Um, and it's going to be either the chicken one, the sweet and sour pork, or the sweet and sour chicken. I don't know yet. And it's not really chicken. And the spiral vegetable, which looks really good. Yum. And my advice is, it's not really a lie. I mean, it's not really advice, I don't think, but observation. That a lie is easy. It just rolls right out of your mouth. But it always complicates things. But the truth can be very difficult to get out past your teeth. It's just that it always simplifies everything. It clears away a lot. <laughs> like, people may not like it, therefore they're not in your life anymore. Very simple. If you lie to people and they... It just complicates things. I don't... I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the most honest person in the world, but... I find that my version of truth and the way that I present it, it often puts people off. And I find that simplifies my life. I don't apologize or feel the need to have them in my life to be complicated. So lying is easy. It's lazy. But it's going to be a lot complicated down the road for you than if you just tell the truth. You know, it's like ripping off that Band-Aid. <laughs> All right. 
End of advice. Nicely said. Thank you. So you can catch our podcast on aschoolie.com. You can actually go to Sid Talk's page, sidtalk.com, to look at her stuff. You can catch us both on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store. Uh, You can also, if you've got an Amazon device, say your trigger word. You know, the one that begins with A, usually. (laughs) And then say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn. And it will play you the latest episode. You can also go to aschoolie.com slash podcast and subscribe there. I have all the links there now. It's very, very easy to subscribe. And the newest thing we do is we're on YouTube as well. You can go to aschoolie.com is the channel. You're not going to see us. Don't don't let them think that. No, you will uh, find our podcasts there in YouTube form. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Do not email Sid Talk. And stay classy. May the force be with you. And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you.